It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. No quarter November wrap-up. That's ridiculous. That's what that is. <laughs> we got Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, Gabriel, and the Christian Prince of <laughs> Moscow. No. And all the mental space and evangelifish across the world right now, apparently. Okay. And he's also a pirate. Huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's watch. Welcome back to No Quarter November. For 11 months out of the year, I'm notoriously timid, as cautious and as polite as a Southern Baptist raising funds for the ERLC. But the month of November is a time for taking no prisoners and for granting no quarter. If you think of my blog as a shotgun, this is the month when I saw off all my typical careful qualifications and blast away with a double-barreled shorty. Everything we do this month will be focused on one singular goal. We want to help you apocalypse-proof your family. Thank you, honey. <laughs> but why should you listen to me about such things? Well, when it comes to culture war and culture building, we've been at this for half a century now, much longer than such things have been cool to talk about in the green room at G3. <laughs> that Dane? <laughs> I want to know. Like my parents taught me, a strong family isn't possible without quick, full, and honest confession of sin, without any wussy excuse-making. And especially now, it's just as important not to confess and repent of things that aren't really sins. Because lying is bad, and so is being a wuss. There goes that word. There's that word. Perimeter breach. <laughs> tuned all month because this November each week we'll have a theme that will guide all our book and content giveaways as we help you get your own family prepped and resilient for the countless cultural curveballs that are just around the corner. We're going to be covering leadership and raising boys and gratitude and a whole lot more. It's November so you better believe that we're here to give away a bunch of stuff.
Yeah, it's the drone for me. <laughs> it's the drone for me. Did oh, you really damn. hit the drone? <laughs> what is Gabe. it? What, do you, what did it look like? <laughs> Gabe. Oh, the man. magic of Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> right in Moscow. Oh, my How warm God. was that flamethrower? It was hot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you saw the size of the tank, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that tank, if if you you put diesel in it and mix in some gas, and if you want some napalm, yeah. And napalm is just to make it sticky, but we didn't have napalm. The napalm was on the targets. Okay. Um, but if you put that filled up that tank with diesel and you had a good rig, you could go a good way into Montana with it, right? It, it drives away, but in that <laughs> tank, you empty the tank with a flamethrower in four minutes. Wow. <laughs> Wow. How many so, times did you have to refill for the uh, video? Probably three or four. Really? <laughs> three or four. But um, it was, I mean, there's a lot of energy coming out of that. Yeah. That rod, uh, yeah, the, yeah. So it was, I had to lean back a little bit. It <laughs> <laughs> was a little kick. <laughs> a little kick. That's funny. So, so can we talk about the figures that were there? So you had yeah. uh, Elsa, Little Mermaid, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Instagram. Why? Why burn those? Well, um, Instagram. Yeah, the, I, I. Well, yeah. The fact that we okay. have to ask that question. Well, that's true. <laughs> Some of us have better so, Instagram feeds than others. <laughs> so, um, the, probably the big question is Disney princesses, really? Right. 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 No. Um, so, here's the question: uh, How has the follow your heart rot? gotten into as many Christian families as it has. That's right. Right. Uh, the the uh, catechism of the Disney empire right. is follow your heart, follow your heart, follow your heart. Right. And all you have to do is take some of the songs of those Disney princesses and read the lyrics aloud. Let it right. go. Let it yeah. go. Can't hold it back. Okay, I'm sorry. He doesn't need to yeah. read them. He's got them. Yeah. Some people have internalized them already. Right? <laughs> it's working, Knox. No, no. I'm just a representative of the public, unfortunately. And basically, it's uh, the me-centered, the me-centeredness of me and my emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is uh, being driven by entities like Disney. Mm -hmm. So Disney is has become the poster child of emotionalism and pervy emotionalism mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. it, that all came from somewhere it it didn't just right. erupt in the last two years mm -hmm. it, it's all been well, caref carefully groomed and it's and it's it's more than that even it's it's the i call it the disney gospel where it's not only if you it's not should you follow your heart but if you follow your heart 
Um, and that includes disobeying your dad. Because right. he's an idiot. Because he's an idiot. Yeah. In the end, they'll come back and ask your forgiveness, and right. then you'll live happily ever yeah, after. Yeah, it's witchcraft right. at the end of the day, right? Right, yeah. They're, they're going to trick out happily ever after right. out of disobedience and rebellion because you followed your heart. Right, exactly. Um, and and, that's, and so that that's why... Yeah, the, you burned it why, down. That's why the burn. So you've been, you've been doing North Quarter November now. This is the fifth year, right? Maybe... I forgot to count. There's the, boat, there's the, there's the field. There's the um, boat. The original couch. Yeah. The car. The truck. The the truck and the five. Yeah. Yeah. So this would be fifth. Okay. Yeah. Um, has it been um good and boat uh, six? The, oh, I oh, think six. Did I say boat? I think you said boat. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> let's work. Let's work this out. <laughs> There was two boats. <laughs> Our episode uh, today is on math reform. <laughs> uh, you know, as a, as a pastor, like, what's your calculation in doing no quarter November? What are you trying to accomplish? You know, even with our local church here, calculation. Um, you know, <laughs> we just why, went to this math thing game. <laughs> why, as a pastor, are you doing this? Yeah. So the question, basically. Um, I decided, and this was probably back in 1988, I, I decided uh, what my audience, wh- who am I writing for? Uh-huh. When everything that I write, I want to write in some way, shape, or form aimed at that audience, okay. right? And I've not really deviated from that since uh, the late 80s. And the, the person I'm writing for is the person who feels instinctively that something is seriously wrong with the culture around him, including probably his own church's culture, mm-hmm. right? Something is seriously wrong with his culture. He knows that it's wrong, but he can't quite articulate what's wrong. And I want to write in such a way where people like that say, ah, that's it. That That's what, yeah. you know, he just put words to the way I've been feeling, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And... Uh, I think it was one or two ago we said that we're, we're not particularly inflammatory. The world is flammable. Yeah, right. Uh, the, the, basically, with, with or without me, with, with my flamethrower or cigar or whatever, the world is currently burning down. Yeah. Right. We're burning down. So we flipped the metaphor. So instead of the world burning down and I show up as a fireman, um, th- th- we're starting our own fires, yeah. right? backfires to um, the way – uh, mm. uh, the way forest fi- um, uh, fight fires, uh, forest yeah. firefighters, yeah, yeah. Fight firefighters, fires. So, uh, <laughs> they they light fires to yeah. back burn, yeah. to back that's right. burn. That's right yeah. to stop the fire. Yeah. Right. So this year, um, what are your big takeaways? I'm curious. I'm curious what you take. What, what are your takeaways this year? The probably the big takeaway is that uh, we've had a good, robust response. I don't have the numbers yet, but it's been really good, robust response this year. And the rest of the world, including the Christian world, appears to be going along. Some of it on some of it supportively, and some of it finally vocalizing opposition. Like that, uh, they, they weren't before, huh? Yeah, they, no. We, before there was a concerted effort to ignore. Let's not let's not name <laughs> Moscow. Right. Let, right. You know. Um, yes. Let's not give them the dignity of any of yeah. of um, platforming over, them. Over platforming them. Giving them credit for being significant in any way. That was the strategy up to a very short time ago. And yep. then within the last year, uh, open um, criticism, opposition uh, has 
started to surface, which means that we've risen to the dignity of needing to be opposed in an overt way. Right. Yeah. And from and, pagan. Oh, I'm sorry. Christians. Well, sorry. <laughs> from, yeah, but, yeah. Well, and there's a range. It's like on a dimmer switch. There, there oh. are people who have the Moscow derangement syndrome. Yeah. Right. They, uh, and as far as they're concerned, we are orcs and pedophiles and you know, where there's nothing good about us. Right. Right. Um, and so consequently they just have to tell the world how evil and wicked we are and tear the mask off. And, and those people are just, they've just lost the, they've just lost it. They've got the derangement syndrome. Right. Um, the recent piece by Kevin DeYoung was a more effective criticism mm -hmm. because he recognized at the front end that a lot of what we're doing is profoundly attractive to reasonable Christian people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he, what he was trying to do is say, yes, I know, I get it, I get it, I get why you're attracted to that. But I think there's something, I think there's a kink in the hose down there somewhere. Yeah. So he had his criticism, but it was a rational criticism in that he recognized that we were doing something that was attractive to people who were not being attracted by other evangelical um, leaders. Right. So... Um, I know you've got, you're preparing a response to, to Kevin DeYoung. Right. Um, I don't know how much you want to give away now, but um, nevertheless, I mean, what are some, what is, what are some takeaways there? Um, I know you, you responded on Twitter briefly, uh, you know, mm -hmm. thanked him for the, the, um, the, the article, uh, cautioned people about, you know, nuking him. Yeah. Um, but, um, oh, man. What, what, what are some, <laughs> uh, what are some uh, key, uh, I don't know, what are, what are some things that stood out for you in, in his article that, um, are worth responding to. So there, there are big ticket items, um, and I'll, I'll mention that in a minute. And, and then there's just sort of incidental things. So at the tail end of his article, he had collected up a bunch of instances where I'd used crass expressions in different right. ways. He took the, all of the – it's sort of like the old – I don't even know they're around anymore, but there used to be a site called screenit.com. Oh, yeah. If, if you were worried about your kids going to a movie – yeah, uh, you would look up screenit.com and it would count the hells and dams and right. all the, yeah, all the yeah. blasphemies and everything. Yeah, all, the, all the blasphemies would be caught in this filter. Yeah. <laughs> and then you would have them all in one spot. Yeah. Right. Oh, and they said it in 10 minutes, in 15, 17, 19. And, and then you say, okay, I don't want to be, yeah, I don't want to take that all in over the course of a movie, but why would I want to take it in? <laughs> In this within in, ten minutes, <laughs> I condensed one, it for you. <laughs> I condensed it for you yeah. uh, and threw in some asterisks to make it all better. Um, and so what he did was he he um, labeled a bunch. He he mentioned a bunch of these words, and there was no ambiguity about what words they were referring to. Right, right. So every all his readers had those words come into their mind. Oh, yeah. I know what that is. I know what that is. I know what that is. Um, and so he apparently thinks that it's all right for a Christian writer to conjure up those words in a reader's mind for his purpose of opposing what he considers to be a sin. In this case, my sin or my my problem, yeah. right? But he's evoking those words to make a point, right? which is exactly what I was doing right. in all the... Um, he made the point with the asterisks. Yeah. I made the point in things called the paragraph above and the paragraph below. Right. right? When I, if I use... If, yeah. Context. If I use a word like that... Um, I set it up. I do it deliberately. So, for example, the C word that he referred to there is not me calling. Yep, women I remember that. that one. I'm, I'm not calling women that. Yeah. What I did is these women are by 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 their behavior, they are reducing themselves to that. Right. right. So that was the 
the contextual flow. So he's doing the same thing I'm doing. Basically, he's evoking those words. He's saying there's a time and place to evoke those words. Right. Um, so long as you qualify it in some way. Right. In his, in his way, he used an asterisk. Right. In your way, you explain what you mean. Right. Correct. That's it. So I don't see in principle how we were doing anything different. I just think, well, I just think his way is worse because when I was reading through Kevin Young's blog post, I was like, what is that word? What He, he put an asterisk <laughs> in. You know, right. I found myself like... Like trying to Working. focus yeah. and identify each word. So I just skip sections is, because is, of that. This is a, a new Christian board game. <laughs> what's, no. what's this Guess word? what this word Guess, is. Guess. Rhymes with wuss. <laughs> and, and that incidentally, and wuss is not a bad word. Right. Wuss just means that, was, that Tim... Well, can, you didn't yeah. get the memo from TGC. I, so, yeah, and your yeah. name isn't Kevin D. Young, so you don't get to say those things. So that's part of the problem. Even, he didn't even put any asterisks <laughs> next to one. No, I saw that one clearly. Dave <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, was scandalized. <laughs> we all were. Thanks, Kevin. All right, so, the, um, but the big picture, here. this is the big picture response, and that is um, Kevin DeYoung has long been associated with the Gospel Coalition, yeah. right? And the Gospel Coalition has been steadily going soft. Sinking. What? Right? Yeah. Um, puff pieces about Taylor Swift and it just, yeah. just going soft. Yeah. And the, the, the fact that he, th- he thought that the need of the hour was to oppose mm. what we're doing. Yeah, right. And not be concerned or vocal at all about the direction of TGC's drift, yeah. manifest, open drift. Yeah. Right. And a, a large part of what we're doing here in Moscow is moving the Overton window. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. We're moving the Overton window. And the thing, if the Overton window is the frame of acceptable discourse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. And you cannot move the frame. Uh, you cannot move the Overton window from inside the window. Mm-hmm. You can't push. You, you, yeah. you, you have to get outside the window and pull. Okay. So uh, what we're what I'm doing, and it's deliberately and self-consciously stepping outside the Overton window in yeah. order to pull back in a, uh, a more sensible direction. TGC has been in the forefront of moving the Overton window to the left. Right. Right. So we're underneath his leadership too, though, right? Well, he's not the elite. It's a board and yeah. that sort of thing. So I, I wouldn't want to lay it at his feet. But he cert- whatever he did, his brand, uh, he writes good stuff. I like his stuff. I like his analysis. Yeah. But his brand of opposition was not effective in stopping. The, the leftward drift of mm, TGC, right, and it's go, is moving decidedly left, and he's not felt the need or the pressure to publicly to distance himself yeah. from that. Right, he needs to distance himself from us, right, mm, yeah. and that tells you where all the pressures are right. are are in uh, levers. Yeah, all the pressures and levers in yeah. Big Eva. Yeah, even even on the right wing of Big Eva. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'd put. Kevin DeYoung on the right on, on the right side. Yeah. He's a he's a conservative mm-hmm. uh, believing man. Writes good stuff, but he is manageable by the currents mm. that that right. big complex right. uh, orchestrates. And the, here's the this is a related point, and that is uh, he he had a problem with the Moscow mood as he called it as sort of um, 
uh, worldliness, like a worldliness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But worldliness, C.S. Lewis in Screw Tape Letters sort of pins worldliness as a desire for respectability. Right. Now, oh. now who is exhibiting more of a desire for respectability? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. If, if someone said, the problem with Wilson is that he's such an apple polisher, a climber, a, a flatterer. Yeah. He's trying yeah. to climb up the, the corporate evangelical he, pole he's, or he's, trying, or to, he's yeah. trying to get on the conference yeah. circuit. He's yeah. is, Really? Is that, I can think of criticisms to make about me, but striving for respectability, if that's what my goal is, I'm very, very bad at it. That was his whole <laughs> criticism, though, though is, wasn't it? That was, was part of his criticism, is that it, it doesn't seem respectable in a in Christian environment. Right. And so he thinks, he he simultaneously wants to say, yeah, we're, we're being worldly, striving, we're wanting to get the world's accolades. Right. But that's not exactly what we're doing. And what he's doing is going to get the world's accolades. Right. Mm-hmm. So when he wrote that article, uh, a bunch of people, he doesn't have the derangement syndrome, but a bunch of people who do oh, yeah. came out and applauded. Yeah. You know, low, low, thank you for yeah. speaking out, Kevin. <laughs> why, why are you getting the applause from that crowd? Yeah. yeah. You know, Pastor, when you talk about the Overton window, um, it wasn't a term I heard until I moved here. But one of the things that's been surprising with some of the pushback that's come from Mos- come towards Moscow um, from outside, it's that these people understand that the Overton window is moving, but they don't know right now that it's placed right above their children's bedroom doors. Mm. Oh, yeah. Right. And so and so when they see you push back with a flamethrower against all the, the things that you lit on fire there, they, they kind of flinch. But you wouldn't flinch if those are the things that are climbing through your children's bedroom doors. You'd be like, you better get this thing out of here. And so the fact that we don't have leaders that know where the Overton window currently is, and then they get mad at you for pushing it, drives me insane. Right. You know, and I don't know, like, how do I wake these guys yeah. up to say, okay, listen, if you got a problem, like, let's deal with that in a second. But can we at least move the window from the kids' bedroom? <laughs> yeah. You know, can we move, can we at least push this direction together for a minute? Right. And once we get that clear, then let's have it out. Mm-hmm. There's a local bar here, here in Moscow, a local bar that had uh, some sort of event coming up. And the poster for the event was the devil walking away with a backpack on. And there was a child in the backpack. Oh, right. So the devil's walking. The devil's walking off with a kid. Yeah. Right. And we've gotten to the point where you could say to everyone, "Can we at least agree that, <laughs> that, that letting the devil walk off with the children? Bad idea. <laughs> that's not what we want. Yes, but you know, wow. mean words." Wow. Public houses or pubs are not just places to drink beer, wine, cider, or even something a little stronger, like Pastor Doug does in his videos sometimes. <laughs> it's also it's also a unique social center, um, very often the focus of community life in villages, towns, and cities throughout the length and breadth of the world. We here at CrossPolitik hope to emulate that for you and yours. That's why you should grab yourself a pub membership at fightleftfeast.com. We need you on this ride with us, so pull up a chair, grab a pint, join us on this ride at fightleftfeast.com. Again, there's a brand new app out, Fight Left Feast app, uh, where you can, um, there's a bunch of free content, so download it if you don't have it, but there's also uh, stuff there for our pub members, and once you're a pub member, you can unlock that and get access to it all, fightleftfeast.com. Okay, so Pastor Wilson, I want to talk. Are, I are you going to hog this one? Oh, well, yes, this I am. This is my pastor. So I got, I got I'm, hog, I'm hogging <laughs> this one. All right, so I want to take um, 
uh, my first lady, that's what I call her, uh, Mrs. Wilson. I want to put her right here. Okay. All right. And we're going to have that conversation in just a second because we're going to get there. But I want to talk about the map. You usually have a map for each no quarter November. What was the intended map that you had? <laughs> Let's talk about how God interrupted that. Yeah. I, actually, I forget what the intended map was. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens I, in battle. I, 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 the articles I had and, the sketch of some topics that I was going to um, do, which I wound up putting in last Monday's. I, I, I wound up making a casserole out of a bunch of the okay. topics I was going to hit. Uh, we got derailed pretty early on in November and not derailed. It was derailed in a very edifying direction, but um, uh, Karen Swallow Pryor uh, tweeted something about empathy yeah. and Joe Rigney responded and they, it, it looked promising, like promising agreement there for a minute, but then Joe asked her a question and then she responded and the whole thing went off the empathy track, yeah. the sympathy, empathy track. And so I've did at least a couple of posts uh, on that because there was a huge uproar about it. And uh, Joe made waves years ago with a man rampant yep. Um, yep. interview on empathy. And, uh, and that, it, that sort of revealed that we inadvertently touched the eyeball of a lot of what's going on right. here. What, right. what is that? Yeah, can, I was going to say, can, can, let's, let's touch the eyeball. The eyeball is radical subjectivism. So we we live in an era where everything and everyone is governed by the feels. Mm-hmm. Okay. How Disney. Do you, how do you feel? <laughs> yeah. it, goes, it goes back to Disney. Right. How do, how do you feel? And uh, the idea of uh, controlling your emotions is thought to be inherently abusive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if if you if you discipline your emotions, if you learn the stiff upper lip, if you learn to suck it up, you know that that's you, you're you're it's unnatural. Tur- you're turning yourself into a neurotic, according to the yeah. the uh, zeitgeist, according to the, and that's why. Uh, and then shortly after that, Nancy walked into it. <laughs> spanking gate. Uh, okay. Yeah. Spanking um, gate. Yeah. Spanking gate. Uh, and she walked into it like ten years ago, fifteen years ago, right? Uh, because some of her enemies were have been rummaging through old uh, conferences, and pulling out gold. And, and the th- one thing I, I feel good about is our adversaries here are getting a lot of good teaching. You know, okay, I, I'm gonna let you finish, but I just had to pull my Kanye. I'm gonna let you finish, but uh, hey, but it seems to me like. People don't understand how even the whole social media structure thing works. They don't know that they are working for free, getting content out to promote. You guys. <laughs> yeah. And you, you don't have to pay for editors. They're just going through it and chopping up clips and posting it and making sh- and promoting it and paying for it. Like you got a whole free marketing oh, campaign I, for you. I couldn't believe it. So <laughs> the, last, the last time I looked at that clip of Nancy, it was just shy of 3 million views. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the rest of the family is quite jealous. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was Canon or somebody, but they they clipped the the middle of your video where you say "Thank you, honey." And she hands mm-hmm. you the the turkey, and they said, "This is you know, this is no quarter November twenty. You know, thank you, honey." <laughs> that's, that's, it. that's it. So that blew that blew up, and they d- dig up this clip and act as though we are going to apologize for it or be feel yeah. ashamed about it. Right. right, right, right. No, that's what we said. That's This is what we teach. Yeah. Right. So your children need to be taught to control their emotions. Right. right. And and the reason why is you don't want them to go to the penitentiary. Right, you, right, you, right. You, yeah. you, um, 
and and the and then the reaction in all the comments video the the comments to the video was evidence that a bunch of the parents of these kids commenters right. had not followed the advice in the video right right, uh, right. there was it was just they like, emotionally barfed all over yeah, yeah it was just blarg response. just yeah, yeah. blarg yeah. Uh, um, yeah. millions of people doing this yep. and you say okay this is the problem radical subjectivism mm. is the problem and and that subjectivity and and this ties in with lewis in the abolition of man where he he says he argues that our passions have to be governed by our not by our reason because if if you just have reason and the passions right then reason is going to simply be a clever mechanism right. for getting what your passions want. For justifying. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Lewis argues for the inculcation of what he calls the chest, the sentiments. Hmm. He quotes Confucian, uh, Confucius. It's upon the trunk that a gentleman works. So the sentiment, the chest, is what enables us, equips us to subdue our passions. Right, but that can't happen without nurture and instruction and God, God's grace and right, right. A, a Christian Discipline. upbringing. Yeah. yeah. Right. So how did how do we get such a radical subjectivism? Well, Lewis pinpoints it back in the 1940s in the abolition of man, where uh, it begins with a relativism. I, I would say the po whole postmodern thing is basically yeah. warmed over existentialism. Okay. And existentialism is that existence precedes essence. Essence is something that we bring to the table later. Existence is this raw, chaotic mess. Okay. Existence is unshaped, formless, and void. Mm -hmm. And then God doesn't give shape to the formlessness and void. We do. We do. Yeah. Mm, and we're so God. Huh? We we are we are the God who hovers over the face of the deep. And so oh. we, uh, and so then we come and we give shape to our essence, which is why people think they can invent themselves or reinvent themselves. It's, or, al it's also then why it's so scandalous for parents to try to in in impress upon children to be a certain way. Right. You're, you're violating the God of the, the system. Correct. That's exactly right. This is a holy, sacred thing. And you're, you're enforcing that you're telling them you need to be cheerful. Right. And this is something that um, if you, if this, we're, we are operating in the classic, Christian tradition. The, the, this is just mainstream Christianity 101 stuff. And then we found that it collides head-on collision with the spirit of the age. Right. And, a, um, and a bunch of the Christian world, even the evangelical world, right. has got the evangelical buzzwords, but it's imbibed the spirit of the age. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. we collide with them too. That was that was the surprising thing. We touched on, we touched on this yeah. uh, earlier this week in the in the previous show, but um as we were talking a little bit about the the spanking cake stuff was wasn't ready. The the the, the I was I was totally prepared for the worldly folks, the blue-haired, right. you know, lesbian psychologists whatever right. saying that's child abuse, call CPS. The surprising thing was how many Christians, or at least in their bios, you know, they're right. saying, you know, Christian, Bible-believing Christian, conservative, even, right. who said, this is abuse. Right. This is wicked. Right. This is awful. Um, or, or at least we're like, yeah, I believe in spanking, but not like that. Yeah. That's awful. For big sins, not for yeah. small well, well, emotional. For, for open defiance, yeah, maybe, right. but not for a bad attitude. Never. That would be horrible. Right. Um, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know these people. Uh, I, I mean, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna lose it. I mean, so, but that, but that indicates to me that it's, it's. I mean, it's worse than it's, it's worse than we think. Thanks. Yes. So pretty bad. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, the, the, these, right. these, these churches that. I mean, I mean, I had like 
um, PCA elders yeah. come, you know, uh, in my feed. Uh, Shame on you. You yeah. know, talking about how <laughs> aw- how awful but, this was. Yeah. Right. And, and, and they're like, oh, my goodness. And, and part of it for me, part of the thing that's like, okay, it's worse than what it was. It's showing me that the bottom of of what kind of just holds the culture together, the, the residue of evangelicalism is almost completely gone. The like veneer is almost right. completely gone off of this thing. Well, it, it disappeared from the culture generally. That's right. And now yeah. it's disappearing from yeah. the evangelical church itself. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So uh, how can the church have influence in the world when the church has lost its saltiness out there? Right. Yeah. Well, now there's getting to the point where there's hardly any salt in, in the church. Right. There's hardly any salt in the salt shaker. Right. So <laughs> how do you look at these next 40 years um, not even just like this next administration. The last like, like, 20 of the 40 years, I'll um, be in heaven and not worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be partying. I, I did my job, y'all. Y'all I'm figure it out. Over to window. See you later. <laughs> uh, that brings me to another question. Go ahead, Pastor. I'll let you answer the. Uh, no, I, I believe that we are either headed for a great reformation that will put the 16th century reformation into the shade or we're in for a period of major chaos. So either, either or, either, <laughs> it's going to go either way. It's, it's reformation yeah. and the chaos that attends reformation. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, the you know the yeah. the the Refor- Protestant Reformation was chaotic. Right. Right. Um, so it's not like it's going to be serene and placid, mm-hmm. but it'll be re- glorious and good, mm-hmm. as opposed to the chaos of anarchy, breakdown, yeah. um, that sort of thing. I I believe that unless there is a major uh, um, blessing outpouring from God on our culture, on Western culture, we are in for a a rodeo. Pastor, you know, Gabe brought up, you know, what's the next forty years look like? That's part of. I want to ask the question of the time that you're here. What does it look like for you? How do you finish well? But I really want to talk about. So many people talk about um, the impact Moscow is having socially, and I've I've watched it since I've been here for nine years. Whatever's happening in people's churches is bubbling up to the point that their pastors have to start doing Bible studies on it on Sunday morning, yeah, right. mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting. Like, I don't I don't know if people do it anywhere else for anybody else. Right. Let me tell you about what Kevin D. Young said. It's really bad. I'm going to do a whole a Bible study. Series. Um, nobody's doing that. And so it's really unique to me. But I want, what is the, what are you trying to do here in Moscow? I want to, like, just what, what is your, what is your goal here as a pastor to your people? What are you building? One of the things, one of the points that Kevin DeYoung made that I agreed with half of, he, he made a good point. His the, the part I disagreed with is that he was assuming it's not going on here. But Chesterton once says that you should fight wolves. You should fight not because you hate what's in front of you, but because you love what's behind you. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, Kevin DeYoung made that, made that point. You know, um, we yeah. should be... Preaching Christ, exalting Christ, building community, spending our time in prayer, yeah, worship, all of, yeah. all of that, and so that was one of his um, weighty criticisms. Which, if it was true, I would agree with. Right, right. But one of the things we've been doing for decades is building community, worship, week in, right. week out, right. uh, family, teaching on family, building the school. Um, Conducting weddings, yeah. So encouraging personal Bible reading and yeah. personal right. holiness and confession. Yeah. yeah. So all of, all of that, uh, he says. I, I wish Wilson would do more of that. 
And I'd say, well, I'd be happy to. It's, it's an hour in the hours in the day problem, but I've, I'm happy to redouble my efforts to do that. Yeah. This is the is I'm reminded, and uh, they just wanted us to remember the poor, the Paul. very thing we were eager need to, to do. do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Galatians, and Paul says that. So yeah. yeah, so you're right. That's what we should be doing. But I've written numerous books. I've written satirical books. Yeah. Yeah. But I've also written numerous books, uh, wedding exhortations, and yeah. right. uh, you know, family, I mean, raising yeah. kids, future Lord man, Seven. reforming yeah. marriage, you uh, know, um, father church. hunger, I, the, all those. There's yeah. so many materials out there. It was hard for me to say, okay, even if you don't know what's happening internally, it's not yeah. hard to look at the book yeah. list and say, oh, well, let me, let me take that out my article. Uh, oh yeah, let me take this out my article. It's not that hard to look at that. So uh, another question I have is what you know. What does the next 20 years of cultural building look like if we're going to have revival um, just in our little circle in, in Moscow itself? What does that look like? So the basically, um, it, I think it has to look like uh, replication. So it, it's not really going to be a living uh, reality unless people get enough of it to be able to transplant it elsewhere. Mm. There's nothing magical in the water here right, in Moscow. Right. Um, there's some things we do that you wouldn't have to replicate everywhere else, but there's some things that every, you know, Christian education for our kids, uh, regular worship that's not like a junior high pep rally that, you know, that's mm -hmm. dignified and joyful and sober. So worship and Christian education and all those things, those things have to transfer. Th those things have to be planted elsewhere and take root and start flourishing elsewhere. I got to read this, and then uh, if there's a final oh, question, I got, you got a final question. A lot more. Uh, the tactics conference is coming up. Learn how to build Christ's kingdom from those that are doing it. Join C. R. Wiley, the campus preacher Keith Darrell, Gay Branch. You're going to be there. Yeah, chocolate yeah, rocks. I'm going to yeah. be there. It says for two days of boots on the ground training on how to take your community for Christ. Great talks, great food, and great people. Come see us in Lafayette, Louisiana. Oh, it's in Louisiana. You think there's great people? Raging there? Cajun. Yeah. That's only about two and a half hours east of Houston, Texas on January 19th through the 20th. And take note, seating is limited. Families are welcome. Come experience some Cajun hospitality while we labor together to build a new Christendom. Beer and Psalms, panel discussions, Cajun dancing. Man, I gotta see what that. is that? <laughs> Whoa. I believe when I see that, it. That's one of those things that doesn't transfer, you know? Yeah, we, we don't. We don't understand. <laughs> Go to tacticscon.com, tacticscon.com to buy your tickets today and use the coupon code FLFPUB, FLFPUB, to get $20 off your ticket price. That's tacticscon.com. We'll see you in South Louisiana this January. Can't wait for some Cajun. Cajun, do you have a question? Yeah, I do. Can, okay, because I, I want to make a comment I, about like Cajun sure, food. Sure, hurry, because I'm going to hog our pastor real quick. <laughs> You know, I, I don't think a lot of people realize like how much of Moscow's um, it's all it's all been God's kindness uh, holding everything together, but it also feels very duct taped together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like our like studio. Our studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so uh, you know, of course, when you put a video on the internet, everything looks more polished than it really is. You know, yeah. you got the whole um, uh, Twitter social media thing, um, but I don't think people really understand like. And this is kind of connected to what you were just talking about, like all the the labor of love that has gone on since. I mean, you started Logos in 1981. Was that was that yeah. correct? Um, 
Uh, I'd mm. say my big concern over the next 40 years with what's going on in here in Moscow is that our kids are growing up into an inheritance of a school they didn't build, a mm. church they didn't start, a battle they didn't fight, a college they didn't start. You know, all these good gifts around us, and they're they're walking into this, you know, $20 million mansion home. And how do we communicate to our kids? This is a local with question. With all this privilege, with right? All, yeah, yeah, with all this, a lot of you know, godly privilege. Um, black, you know, Protestant reform privilege or whatever. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> take it. Um, how, how do we as parents, like, um, inculcate, like, get them excited about things they didn't build and get them excited about the fights ahead of them that they need to fight on top of our shoulders? It's kind of a big question. But. That's uh, that's the question that you see in the Old Testament. Is, yep. That's is, right. Is generational succession. Yep. So when uh, the Lord delivered one generation and then the next generation forgets. That's that, right. So it's good to have that in the forefront of our minds. Mm-hmm. But this is, the, this is the thing. I think that we have a half a step on it already. Okay. And the reason is I, I believe that what's happening in Moscow is – uh, we we got to jump on the institution building, so right. um, our our in the K through twelve and New Saint Andrews and yeah. Cannon Press and all these institutions and the church plants are, the no, church plants yeah. are well down the road. They're they're established, which is present creates the problem that you're talking about. But is also the case that the opposition to such things um, is also well established. So. Right. Um, so we are, in a certain sense, Moscow, Idaho is 20 years, 30 years in the future. Okay. Right? Both in terms of the institutionalization mm-hmm. and the opposition mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. So my, mm-hmm. my grandkids my grandkids have been cussed out on the street. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's not just – They've oh, experienced some of the opposition. Yeah, yeah I uh-huh. think it's going to be more likely – the problem that you're talking about is more likely – Going to be with their children, mm. grandkids, okay, the, with with yeah. with my my great grandkids, yeah. with their children, because there's going to come a time when we win, yeah. when what we're doing becomes a little respect, more peaceful, peaceful and <laughs> yeah. and respectable, right. Where, right? Where the people start coming to your church because it's the good place to sell insurance, because it's the place where. Everybody who's anybody in town goes. Yeah. That's not the case right now. When right. if you want to come to Christ Church or King's Cross, there's or something a cost like, for your business. You, you've yeah. got to walk uphill to do it. Yeah. Um, but there's going to come a time when we prevail in the time of my great grandkids, mm-hmm. where it's going to be respectable and placid and non-controversial yeah. Yeah. to be associated with us. Yeah. Right. And that's going to be the time when you want the Chestertonian. Exuberance yep. to yep. be communicated to them. I'm not worried about my kids or grandkids because they're still in the thick of it, yeah. and they're dealing with the opposition every bit as much as we are. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I just even think Gabe, like your kids, watched you get arrested. I was going to say that I was going to bring I, the exact. I, I thing. can't imagine them ever forgetting that yeah. for the rest no. of their life. Yeah, it's right. pretty etched in their mind. And, yeah. and 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 I know my kids remember you getting arrested. Yeah, you know, and, and, right. and, and that kind of thing. And and they they're, they're going to remember COVID, and they're going to remember. Um, you know, they, they, they right there with us when, when I, you know, read off to them some of the crazy things that people say on, the, on Twitter about, about our, our churches and about our family yeah, and that kind right, of thing. Right. Um, so I think that's, again, that's not a reason to um, relax, relax, whatever, yeah. but I do think that is 
part of the gift. I mean, it, it's in Deuteronomy that God says that he wasn't going to drive out all of the enemies right. so that the people would still know how to fight wars. That's right. right. So I think there's a gift in knowing who, who the enemies are still right. and, and who we're still up against. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. And that's what we need to um, yeah. be preparing the next generation for. Okay, last thing. America! What's wrong with you people? What are you voting for? That's the last question, okay? Uh, then he can leave. Then I was going to, how about we tie these two together? I was going to yeah. ask you, so you know, has Gabe talked to you yet about coming to our conference next year? Prodigal I've America? Chris. Okay. Okay. Chris. okay. <laughs> we, we she said it's like penciled in yeah. your calendar, and I'm like, no, I want it inked in. Yeah. I, I go where I'm pointed. Tattoo that joker. <laughs> <laughs> Tattoo it in the calendar. Uh, Prodigal America, where America needs to repent at. I would love for you to talk about, we had Dr. White on talking about where he thinks America needs to repent at. I don't know. It's early. The conference next year is Reformation Day, yeah. October, October 31st, 31st to November 31st. 2nd. Yeah, yeah. So, but I would love for you to talk about that along with the presidential standing right now. Right. And where 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 you would throw your hat in at? Um, <laughs> I because of the primary system, I don't know who's going to still be standing. Yeah. You know, by the time it gets to Idaho, uh, but the the way it's looking, we're the third state this year. We got really? moved. Got we're, moved. we're in March. We're like oh, the man. third or fourth state hmm. in all of it because we're caucusing this year. Okay. So that means, that what that means is that it is almost certain, even with even if we were last, mm-hmm. it's almost certain that Trump is going to take the nomination walking away. His polls just went up again uh, this yeah, week. Right. Yeah. Incredible. Um, so the only thing that could make it better for Trump is if he was convicted and jailed. <laughs> uh, um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> And the Supreme right. Court, and then and then wins the election, right? Yeah. And then the Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice goes down to the prison to swear him in. <laughs> oh my goodness! And he pardons himself, and he pardons and he pardons himself, and walks out on the courthouse steps with a little victory sign. Oh, and, Still in his orange suit, but she would love. That, so, that'd be the perfect ending to this story, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> oh, that would be the beginning of the story. Oh, man. So, uh, wow. basically, I I believe I believe that the shenanigans that have attended the establishment's opposition to Trump, just aside from his faults and failings, uh, yeah. this is not a personal allegiance to everything that Trump said or did because he was bad on the vaccine he was yeah. bad on the lockdown yeah. he was bad yeah. you know he's right. he's he's not a principled conservative right however um he has been ganged up on by this by the um, establishment republicans as, 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 by the establishment the such, such yep. that i believe that he is owed the presidency mm. Right. Uh, so consequently, I would have no trouble in my conscience voting for him at, at all mm. enthusiastically, knowing that it's going to be a big mess. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. going to be a big mess. Um, but I'm, that's the mess. I prefer that mess to the one we're in now. Yeah. And, the, and, and if and, and the second the second part of his question was so it's, it's a year out. But if you if, if you think about a message on America needs to repent, prodigal America, prodigal America. Um, what comes to your mind? Am I speaking right after James White? <laughs> <laughs> we can arrange that. We can make that happen. <laughs> Baptize your babies. <laughs> get, 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 he, get Hebrews 8. Get, get Hebrews 8 straight in your mind. <laughs> That's I'll take that. Say, say less. That's really good, Pastor. Thank you very much. 
Um, oh, look at that. that! The whole thing just decided to trip out on me. So look at done. that. That, that Doctor James White did not like that, that joke. Did. I think he yeah. tripped the board. So, Pastor, thank you very much yeah, for everything you. you're doing. Yeah. Very grateful for you. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next time, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Hi, I'm Luke Ritchie. Wrong timeline. Okay, that's better. Time travel mechanics can get a little bit tricky. I'm Luke Ritchie, Chief Visionary Officer of Gravity Jack. In 2009, we founded Gravity Jack and essentially patented AR. What I'm about to tell you about is a vision that was 14 years in the making, War Tribe of Vinyaman. This is a game that feels so real, it might be. It's a genre-defining game for AR and mobile and the Apple Vision Pro. We've integrated artificial intelligence, not just into the characters in the game, but actually in the business model of War Tribe. So I love augmented reality games. They're one of my favorites. Uh, but the problem is it seems like they've added AR as an afterthought into the game. What if you sat down for 14 years and planned the entire thing around augmented reality? Games make a ton of money, and typically that money doesn't end up in the pocket of the players. We intend to change that. Lastly, and this is important, half the world has never and never will be targeted by big tech for an AI natural language processing engine. We're definitely gonna change that. War Tribe of Binyamin has gameplay like you've never seen before. We have portals opening everywhere. We have holographic communication. But what's really cool too is the world of 2133 is accurately geo-overlaid on the world of today. We're laser focused on ROI for our shareholders, which is you. One of the things we're doing that's super unique that's never been done before is taking 10% of in-game revenue monthly and giving it off as a dividend. The other co-founders and myself started Gravity Jack in 2009, but in 2007, we'd actually sold our company to a gaming company. We've hired the best of the best in terms of game development. Our director of development, product designer, are all veterans in the gaming space. Uh, and not only that, we're going after a market that's gigantic. We're combining four huge major markets, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, translation, and gaming, uh, all for a combined market value of 1.85 trillion. Our incredible history has led us to be experts in mobile development, augmented reality, AI, gaming, and computer vision. It's been a wild ride here at Gravity Jack. A benefit to being so early on in augmented reality has led to a robust patent portfolio with active revenue and more to come. We've had the privilege of working with clients such as Oscar Mayer, Kraft, Lincoln, Samsung, T-Mobile. We've also worked on non-lethal Department of Defense contracts as well. We were a reference developer for Meta on the Oculus 2 directly, creating a game where other developers look to our source code for best practices. Early on in Gravity Jack's history, we did a game for Double Down Casino, and at the end of that contract, it was grossing 35 million a month. Our robust history has led us to be experts in augmented reality, AI, gaming, computer vision, and mobile development. Play to earn opportunities for the impoverished, create an AI language model for unreached people groups, allowing us to have an eventual monopoly on speaking to half the planet. Our focus is shareholder dividends immediately after the game and into the future to create a game that's gonna blow the world's minds. And we're pulling people out of poverty and into productivity. So what's the ask? Join the Binyamin. <laughs>